Colt, thanks for joining me. Yeah. We'll both end up in IA with this. Guess we'll find out. We won't say where we work. You work? <laughs> it's a loose term. Yeah. yeah. It's a government job, you know? Grant funded. It is. Yeah. It's a good time. Everyone enjoys. Everyone hates me. That's true. Because they ain't me. Yes. Yes. Pretty sure about that. You know what pisses me off about, and we'll jump right into this, man. Yeah. Let's let's hear it. I want to hear it. I'll patrol? Okay. <laughs> so fucking patrol, mm -hmm. right? Will complain all day long yeah. about how their life sucks. Mm -hmm. And they'll do nothing to change it. It's funny. I, you've told me this before, and I've taken that as a challenge. And I've been trying to be the driving force of making at least a couple people happier on patrol. No, I think you can make your team happier. I just mean like individually yeah. speaking. It's like, dude. Yeah. If you don't like patrol, like, because there, there comes a certain time where you get exhausted. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it, you start realizing, like, fuck, man, like, it's the same call. It's the same day. Driving the same car. Yeah. Or you're going to problems that really the government shouldn't have anything to do with. Yeah. But yet, you have to like go. Like what? Well, you know, just going to uh, your neighbor yells at you. Yeah. Or the dog is barking. And the dog's been barking for a couple hours. What am I going to yeah. do? Go sit in the neighborhood, listen. Yeah, the dog's barking. One or two things. The owner's not home, or the dog has a dog door, and it can go in and out. Yeah. Not something I can do anything Don't about. you think that's crazy that uh, people have switched from calling, like, neighbors, like calling mm -hmm. the neighbor, like, oh, I'll just call Carol. Carol, this is Beth. Your dogs are barking again. Mm -hmm. I know you're probably at work, but I just want to let you know. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah. Like when they had landlines, right? In the, yeah. the yellow pages. I, I wasn't around for landlines. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was it was a thing in yeah. upstate New York for me. Uh, my grandparents had them. Yeah. Most of me growing up, I had a lot of cordless. But I'd go to my grandparents. Yeah. and would have like 10, 12 foot cord like running around trying to pull yeah. the phone off the wall. Bungie, bungee cord. Yeah. But then it, it switched to now people are calling cops, mm -hmm. like you said, for, for things that cops really shouldn't be handling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's really unfortunate because it, it ties up emergency services. Mm -hmm. It stops us from being able to do traffic stops. Yeah. It stops us from, uh, you know, being more of a proactive force and getting in front of crime or crime that's passing through our community. Yeah. Right. Because the area in which that we both work, thankfully, doesn't have a lot of crime that's generated here. Yeah. But it's a lot of pass-through. So we tie up a lot of loose ends for Aurora. We tie up a lot of loose ends for Denver um, and all the other Denver metro area agencies. Yeah. Mostly because, for the most part, we're not tied up with crime that's happening here. We do have some free time. But yeah. I think... I think we have, uh, this is agency number three for me. Okay. And uh, if I'm being quite candid, one of the things I've noticed is that whoever in the chain has decided that, well, we have free time, customer service, we should just go answer these calls. 
Because if, if we don't, then it's like, you know, what are we really doing? Yeah. Well, I'm sitting in an area waiting for a good traffic stop. Yeah. Like a speeder that's doing 15 plus, right? Or someone who blows a stop sign or, or going out to like community events and like saying, yeah. hey, how are you? So not just like proactive as fighting crime, but proactive as like community relations too. Yeah. Getting to know who you're working for. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, th- but it th- that doesn't have numbers, you know? Yeah. It generates a call for service, but it doesn't have like, oh, Beth is calling about the dogs again. Yeah. It doesn't have that, that touch. Yeah. Um, to whereas you might be dealing with 10, 15, 20 people if you're going to the community event. Yeah. Or you go to that call of the barking dog or the neighbors parking out in the public street. That's another one that you'll see a lot as a days or swings parking complaints. Yeah. And you have to tell them. It's a public street. They can park there. Yeah, I know. And that's with... one or two people. Yeah. Or you could go and make yourself be seen by the public and have a broader outreach. Yeah. Every Wednesday I go to a coffee shop that uh, that has uh, special like individuals with IDD. Mm-hmm. So um, like de- developmental delays. So Down syndrome, autism, whatever mm-hmm. they might have. And uh, so every Wednesday I go in because I have the time now. When I start my job, I go in there and I just talk with Debbie, the owner. Is that because it's a grant-funded position? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a lot of follow-up. You know, honestly, the nice thing about my job now is that the days, for the most part, are very laid out. I'm at yeah. the I'm at the disposal of patrol if they need me, but a lot of times they don't need me. So, like the calls that patrol are going to are criminal in nature. Yeah. That's not my objective is what I've been told. We, we provide resources to individuals experience homeless and homelessness. Um, and mostly because they don't want the navigators to be in a bad light. Right. Yeah. Like do people that are experiencing homelessness commit crimes? Yes. Yes. Are they most of the time petty? Most of the time. Most of the time. I don't know. A lot of those warrants are more, more or less the nuisance warrants. So like, hey, don't come yeah. back to our city or you can go sit in the jail. Yep. And then they're like, all right, I'll come back in the winter. So I have somewhere warm to stay. Exactly. How long can I be incarcerated? 10 days? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Checks weather app. On there. Gets on RTD, goes back up to Denver. <laughs> can or, you notify Denver that I'm on my way? Well, they'll get a hold of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot. Hey, take me up here. Yeah. So it's, it, it is interesting. I do think, uh, how long have you been in law enforcement now? Started in 2016. So coming up on seven, seven years post certified. Okay. Yeah. Cause I started as a civilian in 2016 and I got my cert or my post in 2017. Okay. And then worked kind of both the jail and then I got out of the jail as soon as possible. <coughs> that cough button already. Yeah. So for the listeners, the reason why I sound stuffed up is because I have a sinus issue uh, that if you are a service member, you should look into. It's called uh, cyanitis or something like that. Sinusitis. Yeah, the first one kind of like cyanide. No, it's cyanitis. Sinusitis. It's uh, the inflammation of the sinus cavities due to burn pits over in the Middle East. So for the longest time, I thought I was like, oh, when I get sick, I just 
end up with a sinus infection, and that's oh. just my life. Yeah, I would get that checked out too. That's a good well, one. so like for you. I, I didn't realize I didn't correlate it because I when I got out of the military I was in North Carolina, shortly thereafter moved to Colorado. Yeah. Right? I just thought it was a Colorado thing. I was like, oh, maybe it's just like extra dry here. So it's just a like thin air. Yeah. There's no oxygen. I can't breathe. No, so uh so then I finally that packed act came out and I was like, Oh, I should probably get this checked out. Yeah. By an ENT and lo and behold. You got some answers. It's not just Colorado. Yeah, well, it is It is weird. I think I was talking to you on the phone. It's weird when you get diagnosed from a doctor, and it's like you knew you had the problem, but that diagnosis, just like Yeah, like we were my talking back, about that. Back stuff. That timeline. Yeah. That's when it becomes real because yeah. it's like having that chick engine light. I don't know if I just put it off I don't take it somewhere, keep going. Where you start hearing the noise, it's like if I turn the radio up louder, I don't hear yeah. it. Get the Sharpie out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cover exactly. up the chick engine light, yeah. Yeah, when the doctor told me, he's like, yeah, your spine is that of a 55-year-old, I was like, oh. That hurts. So what does that mean? Pain. What does that mean? Yeah. He's like, oh, you got 10 more years to enjoy this, and then you're probably going to look at surgery. So yeah, it sucks, but. Make the best of it. Good thing yeah. you're in a position where you might, eh, you can, I would say, adjust so you're not hurting yourself more than you need to. Yeah, I started taking stuff off my duty belt yeah. for sure. Got a drop leg holster now. Take the pressure away from my hip, bring it down to my leg a little bit. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Josh Anderson. Oh, you think you're all cool with the drop holster? <laughs> I can show you that those are dumb. Uh, I would not. If you're going to be on patrol, I would not use them all the time. It can, it can inhibit you if you need to draw from, the, from a vehicle. And that's where you I think rotate. Most, yeah. So in the military, we trained because we most of the time wore the drop, yeah, drop legs. So it's like it's actually easier because your seatbelt's not in the way. So you actually just drive work. around with the seatbelt on. Yes, <laughs> I want that workers' comp if I get hit. Yes. Did that I tell a, you the time I got T-boned? That was a joke. That's I a joke because we know you're listening. You wear seatbelts. You're like my my two listeners. I get yeah. each video. Guaranteed. Win. Keep it below one hundred. C-Bus Little do they them. know, I can actually see their IP address, so I know who they are. <laughs> I know who you are, but no. Uh, so, so a lot of times when we're shooting, shooting some uh, from vehicles, you just like rotate your hip sideways mm-hmm. and then draw, and you're you're completely fine. Yeah, yeah it takes a lot of practice. So, I mean, if you if you're not traditionally used to that, yeah, you do switch to it. Make sure you're practicing with. Yeah, it. and that, dude, that's like that's with anything. Um, and I, I kind of want to get into like because uh, you're you're part of a regional SWAT team um, and you, you started that how long ago coming up on three years okay what did you do before well, let's rewind a little bit yeah you got in at what age turn 21 at the beginning of the academy so okay but if you want to go how long have I been intertwined with law enforcement I'm third generation so it's been in my family for a long time yeah, I know where your dad works. Where'd your grandfather work? Uh, out in Iowa. He actually taught over in Scotland for a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. Interesting. That's why you're so short. Yeah. A little Irishman. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, so he, uh, we don't have the best of a relationship there. But I just know that, you know, he was in law enforcement for a while. He worked in Iowa. He taught over across the pond, if you want to call it that. And then, uh, my dad started here in Colorado, and once I was like, I'm free, I moved away from Iowa, and 
I started as soon as I could within law enforcement. You got to be 21 to be post-certified. So I kind of joined in where I could be a civilian and then just kind of trans- transferred when I was able to go to the academy. Okay. Yeah. What did you do before law enforcement? Just kick it? Uh, I went to college. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Did I, you finish your degree? Yeah. yeah. Dude, look at you. That's yeah. right on, man. So eventually. Like the, I think you're the first educated person I've had. A, well, that's not true. Christy Payne had a master's. Yeah. But not that high in education. Maybe one day. But you are educated, and I'm very proud of you. A little bit. Yeah. My my major was actually a lot harder than my minor. So it kind of changed. I kind of wanted to go into psychology because I knew I'd be going into law enforcement. And psychology sure. plays a huge role in it. Um and not just for like how people think, but kind of how communities work, like the broken window theory um, and just things that kind of go off of the psychology. I went to a private school in, uh, in Iowa. Some people called it the Harvard of Iowa. <laughs> and then uh, I was dumb enough to follow a girl around for a little bit, but it paid for some of my school. So kind of equaled out there, too. And I went to a Quaker school in Wichita, Kansas. Went to what? Yeah, Friends University. It's a little what? Quaker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you a Quaker? No, I'm not. Aren't those the people that like sit there and like shake? They're like, oh, the power of Jesus. No, no. you sure about that? <laughs> Have you seen the oatmeal Quaker oatmeal? Yes. Yeah, that's. There you go. That's the picture of a Quaker's. But I didn't have any part of it. I had all my religious classes done prior to that. I had I actually in high school, I did a lot of my prereq classes Yeah. because um, they're kind of doing a trial thing. So I almost left high school with a uh, associate or my um, was it? associate's degree. Yeah, associate's Yeah, going. two years. Because mm-hmm. I think my last year of high school, it was like all college classes. Okay. And it was all free. It was all paid through whatever um, program they were going through at the community college there. And then I took, let's see, I did that one year at the private school uh, in the middle of um, Pella, Iowa, where windows and doors are. Were you out there? So your your father was out here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my parents were uh, split up when I was a young age. Okay. Lived in Iowa for 13 years. Where, in, in relation to Des Moines? Des Moines, or however you say Des Moines. It. Des Moines? Yeah. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thanks yeah. for the clarification. I sound like an idiot. Yeah. A big, dumb idiot. Yeah. So uh, uh, where in relation is this area? 90 minutes southeast. Okay. Ottumwa, Iowa. You might have heard it if you've watched MASH. One of the characters is from there. No. I've got a sister, uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law that live out there. Okay. But I think they're, they're directly south, about 60 minutes south of... Yeah, I'm closer to the Missouri border. Like, okay. You could probably get to Missouri a lot faster um, than going up through Des Moines. Okay. Depends on how fast you're going. And yeah. It's all all flat. So I hate that place. It's Up north is pretty. Yes. It's rolling hills, trees. Down south. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like Michigan. It's like the UP. I haven't been to Michigan. Couldn't, I don't have the reference for it. Yeah. The Upper Peninsula is pretty. But okay. everything else yeah. below that sucks. The drive's not fun. I've been making that, like, driving uh, 20 plus years, just back and forth, actual drive time. Yeah. Uh, but while I lived there, I came back and forth uh, for holidays to visit my dad. And then once um, I graduated from high school, went to college, did a couple, did the one year in Iowa. So, what was your end degree in? You said your minor was harder than your major. What was yeah. the major? 
Uh, so I got in business management and, uh, or sorry, my minors were, my, my major was in criminal justice, but my minor was in financial accounting okay. and business management. Why didn't you go FBI? That was the goal. That was. What happened? I was still they have a height requirement? Uh, they do. <laughs> and I'm right above it with my hair spiked up. There you go. I'm average size. Mongolia. Do they really? Hold on. Let me modify this real quick. <laughs> they don't. I have no idea. But I know uh, that is the end goal. Or that was my end goal at one point in time. Was to do the FBI. Yeah. There we go. That's better. Okay. What kind of change then is now I've got a family. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And unless you have specialized <coughs> skills, like I'd say like a foreign language or anything to do with like. They're cyber. hiring. They're hiring prior law enforcement pretty heavily. Yeah. So it's not it's too list. late. Well, it's, no, it's not. I got like 10 years. Well, I guess their age requirements 37 i think 37 and a half i got a little less than 10 years now so i'll get there if because how old, you're you're how old now i uh, just turned 29 yeah yeah the problem that i have is if you go from where we work now mm-hmm. to going federal it's a pretty significant pay cut at least for the first couple of years yeah i there is one person i know uh, you're pushing that closer to you or in a uh, joint task force. There you go. And I mean, they have a for the overtime. Uh, no, it's the work for safe streets. And now he's, I think, no, he's in the terrorism portion of it. Oh, but they have like unlimited overtime DHS. So department of Homeland security, not department of human services <laughs> for clarification. Yeah. There yeah. might be some overlap depending on their clientele. But, you know, especially nowadays with the crisis going on at the border. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, dude. Yeah. I just listened to a. Uh, uh, it was Tucker Carlson and. Uh, I forgot his name. Weinstein or something like that. One of the. Not Brett. The other. The other one. Okay. The scientist one. He's talking about how, like, most people come in for. Uh, to El Salvador, I think, go through because they don't require visas. Mm-hmm. And then they go from there to Colombia, to Colombia up through Central America. And like it's it's chaos. Yeah. It, it's like walking over dead bodies and, and craziness. <laughs> so a world that I cannot relate to. I can imagine it, but there's just dude. Well, it's just crazy <clears throat> to me, man. Like in, in the in the well, the migrants are seeing it now in Denver. There are no jobs here. No, they're Unless like, give, they're out, they're out in front of the Capitol saying, give us jobs, give us jobs. And we're like, we, we have nothing. Yeah. There's no manufacturing here. Mm-hmm. You've got the, what, Purdue, uh, like the cat Purina or Purina plant, like yeah. the dog plant mm-hmm. in North Denver. But like, dude, I've seen a lot of immigrants working for, uh, delivery services it's like Grubhub. Grubhub. How do or, they drive? Uh, well, I've been pulling a lot of them over, so if that tells you anything, <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the time, I mean, they're not driving so bad that it's attracting 
Uh, there's a lot of equipment violations more than yeah. anything, but a lot, a lot of Venezuelans yeah. in one of our particular districts, like maybe two weeks ago. I thought Grubhub and Uber Eats and stuff like that require a proper driver's license to get enrolled. Well, do you think they're following those? No, they're probably uploading some fake one. Or they're using somebody else's. Well, they're not using their cars. They're probably. Yeah. I would assume they have a sponsor of some sort that has 50. Maybe 50 is a high number, but just say they have 50 cars. They're sponsoring 50 people, 20 people. Or maybe they have rentals and these people are paying back. They, in, in sense, they could be indentured slaves. Yeah. But they don't know that. Maybe they don't give their passports, but they're like, hey, I'll take this car. I'll work for whatever service. I'll use your account. I'll deliver throughout all times of night. And they get whatever the percentages are, and they just are forever going to be working until they can find something that's uh, – more economically beneficial. Yeah. But the person that's sponsoring them, whether they have a legal job, they could, and that's how they are funding this side gig. But now they have this source of revenue that could be funding them and they don't have to pay taxes on it because these other people are making the money, whatever it is. That's my theory. The modern day slavery, you know, it's, it's, So I went to an HBCU and studied uh, the criminal justice system mm-hmm. and being part of an HBCU, just probably like being part of a uh, religious college, mm-hmm. you study religion. And uh, there we studied uh, American history when it has to do with minority races in America. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to look back and say, okay, slavery was bad. Very, very easy. Yeah. It was terrible conditions, um, everything else. I feel like we turn a blind eye to a lot of slavery that goes on today because we say, oh, well, you know, uh, yeah, love them or hate them. Andrew Tate explains this pretty well. You had slavery. We'll take a good situation, right? Mm. We We won't include any of the abuse and stuff like that because there were certain plantations that were known as better plantations to be at mm-hmm. you have living quarters you're fed you're told to work that's your life yeah you get some free time you can spend in the plantation but that's pretty much it slavery is abolished then what you have is okay well i still need somebody to go pick this cotton and reap the harvest for my fields okay i'll just pay him mm-hmm. so i'm going to build some houses you're going to pay rent. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to pay you just enough to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll have a little left, but maybe. So, yeah, you're living on your own. You're free. Here's your cash for work in the fields. Yep. Now you can go home, pay rent, eat, and not build a future. Yeah. So we implemented currency in between the labor process where I was providing you with food and shelter. Now you're saying, okay, that's illegal. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to make you work. I'm going to pay you the bare minimum to have food and shelter. And that's it. Yeah. Because unfortunately, uh, I feel like the very, very ultra wealthy 
do not want other people to be very ultra wealthy. Yeah. I mean, you can jump down the conspiracy and I mean, conspiracies at this point, but yeah, what is it? Only a couple of families have like 80% of the wealth. There's a couple, yeah. a couple of families that pretty much own everything. Yeah. I would argue probably more than 80% at this point. COVID really effed us up. Yeah. You know, and what gets me too is like, so going, going to what slavery is today it's like migrants come in. I'm, I'm, I am 100% for border patrol and closing down the border for the essence of shutting down the drugs, shutting down the human trafficking both ways out of the country mm-hmm. and into the country. And then stopping uh, like the human trafficking is modern day slavery, right? Oh, yeah. And creating safe conditions for these individuals to eventually get into the United States. It's not ethnocentric based whatsoever. It's it's purely humanitarian. Mm-hmm. And and people that are like, well, just open the borders. They don't realize the repercussions that come with it. Oh, they're starting to realize it now. Yeah, yeah. New York City, they, they whoop the police officer's ass. They get released, no bond. Mm-hmm. Flee the state and go to California. Oh, they're already in California? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that fucking crazy? That's insane. And that's... You know what that tells me as a police officer? If I'm authorized to use lethal force, just use it. Like, there's going to be no repercussions whatsoever for these criminals that whoop my ass. If I'm on the ground and I've got four people whooping me, yeah, dude. Not only that, they're delivering illegal, like, if they were in a sanctioned fight, they're del- delivering illegal blows because they can be lethal. Yeah, if you're on the ground, it takes one kick to the head, mm-hmm. and you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. SBI, they kick you in the nuts and blow your testicles. Yeah. Lethal force is authorized if the threat of SBI or death is presented. Yeah. And I, it like, and that's the thing is it, it tells me like I'm not gonna risk my life. You're a number. That's what you are. Dude, what is what does that what does that say to every police officer in New York? Get out. Yes. I mean I thought I thought Colorado was bad. Yeah, the the change with SB two seventeen, um, a lot of that. I mean, it did change a lot. There are certain things that are no longer allowed. Um, it does bring accountability in the sense that everyone's going to have cameras. Which yeah, people. I'm will, actually for that. Yeah, no, it it's perfect. Yeah, like, honestly, you know, it, it holds accountability for the subjects that you're encountering it holds accountability for the officers, deputies, uh, corrections. Now, um, there, there shouldn't be any questions about it. Now, what they do take out of it is the human factor. If you don't have your body camera rolling, um, it could be human factor or human error that you're in this high stress situation and you forget to double click the button. And if one of the Bluetooth uh, systems that are, are fail safes that are in place don't work. Yeah. You're automatically at fault and they think you're hiding something. Yeah. That is coming from people that don't truly understand what it is like to be in the job. But other things came out of it to where, um, you know, we don't get the, the immunity qualified immunity anymore. Yeah. That is to say you are doing things wrong intentionally. The, at least 
Argo the presumptive Hardman. guilt is there. Yeah. You are presumed guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. And so, like, the, the qualified immunity <laughs> used to be I was acting in good faith, and I believed I was doing the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And hindsight 2020, you were not. Yeah. And that's not how we're judged. Right. But They're, it's how you're sued. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think more agencies will start doing it. Um, they will they'll back their officers as long as they're doing the things correctly in the way that they're within policy, within the statutes of Colorado. Um, and there was no ill intent. Right. Um, obviously the policies will never cover everything. There's just right. too many variables. What are you talking about? We have like 4,563 different policies, Colt. We do have policies on the different paints we have in the jail. There you go. You know, we don't have to read them as we're on patrol, but in the jail, I signed that <laughs> policy. Um, how to properly store them, even though my job description had nothing to do with storing them. I didn't even ever see the paints, but it was yeah. there. Um, that gets me into another part of policy of like law enforcement work too, is like, there's a lot of times where you're like, is this, what are my chances of getting in trouble for this? Yeah. I'm not reading 17 pages right now. Yeah. Type, you know, password, send. Yeah. I signed it. You read it the first time and then you start getting updates to it. Yeah, it's true. Um, the system we use, you can check out the updates you can read the highlights what changed oh yeah there was a misspelling we changed that so when someone else reads it we don't look like idiots <laughs> or they change some different wording or vocabulary because yeah. they put that through grammarly and they're like oh this sounds a lot better <laughs> um you know that's just kind of where some of those are but yeah we have an insane amount of policies um but as long as you know how to find them most of the time unless you're like in a doer yeah do now like well and that's and that's where that qualified immunity came in, mm -hmm. you know, is like, uh, it's hard to think of something like right off the bat. Well, it's use of force. Really yeah. use of force is going to be like your, mm, it's uh, as, as, uh, we're both ACT instructors, mm -hmm. uh, which is a rest controlled technique. Yeah. Defensive um, tactics. Yeah. Defensive tactics, it. which involves de-escalation, mm -hmm. uh, which is, not actually defined in Senate Bill 217. It's not, but it's also one of those, uh, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Keywords. Everyone loves using it. Yeah, it's like ex people experiencing homelessness. They're yeah. not homeless. They're just experiencing it. I like call them nomads. I have a lot of people say they're transient. They're like, I'm just transient, dude. I'm like, cool. Yeah, do you have access to running water or heat? No. By HUD standard, you are experiencing homelessness. No, but yeah. back on back on like the use of force stuff, man. It's it's like you've been doing this a while. I've been doing this a while. If we go on a call together, mm -hmm. we're pretty dialed in. Yeah. Like even though I've kind of pulled away from patrol, I help them out every now and then. Yeah, when I'm allowed to, and I don't get yelled at. Yeah, um, balancing act. It's a balancing act. I never know when I'm going to get in trouble. I just went to two calls yesterday, and I'm like pretty sure. That's the fun thing about this. You just never know. Yeah. That's why I go home and drink. You know what effed me up about this place? Hmm. I won't say where we work. Every previous agency I worked for, they would notify you if you're part of an investigation. Unless it was a criminal investigation to like you selling in Durham. Uh, we had three officers involved in selling drugs out of the back of their patrol car. 
obviously you can't let them know like, Hey, you're under investigation right now. Right. But so you had some entrepreneurs, huh? Oh yeah. Really trying. Well, dude, you're making like, you're making 42 grand a year after three years of working there. You, I qualified for like food stamps. Well, you're not too far off from. Oh, I mean, I'm about to like, I mean, I live in a pretty nice house now, but like based on taxes and stuff like that, I might have to move. Yeah. So anyway, um, every other place I was always informed, Hey, you're part of an investigation. This is the first place I've ever been to that they don't tell you anything. They tell you post facto. They're like, Hey, you were part of an investigation and you've been cleared. Yeah. And then you ask like, Hey, well, what? happened what was the allegation uh, it's not that important don't worry about it yeah maybe uh, i'm not gonna i i not huge in the ia yeah um you know that could be something that they could change maybe they do it so their people aren't stressed out granted if they if it, they need to know about it they should know about it yeah uh, stop behavior yeah yeah exactly if it's if it's a point where say it's just a complaint that this officer um they're not bad yeah yeah something something that's continuous to keep on getting it okay say something about it. but if it's some off the wall complaint that yeah hey this deputy last night was following me too close and you know i couldn't get over the lights are too bright and they're just really right on me so i got over and flipped them off um it doesn't matter that that deputy knows that someone complained on them for following them too close because they're trying to do something else no well dude i drive a completely unmarked car right now well you wouldn't know the- but well, no, the amount of people that tailgate me because I'll I'll ha- I'll be like transporting somebody from mm-hmm. like X area. I almost yeah. said where we were X area down to another city mm-hmm. per the request, per resources available and stuff. And uh, people come right up on me, dude. Do you have cruise they'll lights be, on that thing? They'll be riding my ass, and I'm just sitting there. The one thing, the one thing I will always write people a ticket for is following too closely. Yeah, that's dangerous. It is dangerous. Yeah. And it's a good way to start road rage. So uh, yeah, I'm sitting there, I'm driving. I normally look in my mirror and I'm looking, I'm like, when do you think we'll get a road rage unit? Our traffic team is building up. I, I think we need an things. interdiction unit first. Uh, that's probably on the way. But I, uh, I think since full, COVID. No, 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 no. I'm saying a full-fledged interdiction unit. Yeah. I think we work in an area where that would that could be applicable. We have yes. some. We main, have a major highway. We have. Cuts right through. A couple major highways. Yep. One's obviously more traveled, but there are a couple other ones that are under yeah. the radar. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. work those, and I know for a fact that they're under the radar. Yes. For a fact. Well, it's because you're one person for how many square miles? A lot. A lot, depending on where you're at. You might get another agency that you get in a fight. I need backup. Mock <laughs> Jesus. Dude's not getting there for like 15 minutes. Responding, Mark Jesus, from one of those places to another took me about 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's that was. A good, it's not a good experience, dude. Yeah. I was responding to. Uh, it was almost a robbery. We found a gun in the trash can and they had changed as they bounced out because. Nice. One of the deputy came up on the other person. They, they left one of the people in the car and he let him up and the store had windows up top and they saw the, the red and blues because it was kind of at night. Is so this a storage all, unit one? No, this was a, at a Walgreens. Oh, okay. And they bounced and went into one of the open areas that was behind okay. it. We didn't locate them that night, but 
that was a long drive and I should not have been like the second person on scene there, but it was just one of those busy times where yeah. I was at the very end of our County driving to somewhere up middle North of it. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes running hot. My brakes were non-existent at the end of that. Yeah. Brake fade is one of the scariest moments I've had in law enforcement. Like people yeah. think like, Oh, you know, kicking, like I've been, I've been part of entry teams and stuff like that in Durham and stuff. And, uh, I'd like to pick your brain on that, but it's fun. Nothing entry. That's fun. Brake fade. That's a butt pucker because yeah. you, you press the brake and it goes to the floor. You're like, Ooh, I got to pump them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you pump them and you, you still feel, feel your car. Like you're on ice. Yeah. Did you ever learn to drive on uh country roads? Yep. Yeah. So part of living in Iowa during the driver's ed test, um, they take you out to a country road and they're like, all right, go to 60 miles an hour and slam on your brakes you're like what like yeah do it i'm like okay and they just start fishtailing like all right this is how you're going to correct it i learned that at 14 yeah because in iowa you can drive tractors to school hell yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about where i lived wasn't wasn't practical but the next town next two towns over there was like i don't know during like their spear week all the seniors would drive their john deere oh hell yeah brother school it's pretty funny. Cue the she thinks my tractor sexy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish I could have partaken in that, but uh, where I was living would not have been applicable. Yeah, but um, yeah. And you break don't fade, think about it. Fades. No, you don't. You forget about so, it. I always, I always make it a point when I'm driving uh, code to uh, put good music on because I'm like, if I crash, yeah, I want the IA investigator to laugh a little bit. I, you know, I always thought like if I got a, when I get in pursuit, I want to dun 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 dun. But like first thing, like I can hear the sirens and then like my radio, whether it's on loud or not, I just I can't hear it. See, I don't use my in car. Mm. It drives me nuts outside of this. It drives me nuts to, because there's a there's more of a delay. So I key up mm-hmm. and I'm talking and I hear myself talking and it literally causes my brain to like. You could see me in the car when I do it from time to time, and I'm like, shorten out. Yeah, it's like smoke start comes starts coming out of my ears and everything. So I literally use my lapel mic so much so that a dispatcher has called me one day mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, are you out of your car?" I was like, "No," because they can see the difference between the car unit and yeah. the the pack set. So I'm like, "No." She's like, "Oh, you're just well, your you're the only one that uses your lapel mic," and I was like. Well, from an early age, so in Durham, we had side channels that like mm-hmm. we call them talk arounds okay. and we would just chat with each other. It's oh, like, okay. uh, it's kind of like the how we, channel. well, no, no, no. It's kind of like, uh, the culture of like group chat or group calls oh, like late at night. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know how you call yeah. your team and yeah. like, you're all just like, and most of the time it's silent. Like everybody's just quiet, like scrolling through Instagrams or something. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that, but a radio. Yeah. So we'd we'd sit there, like our main would be on our lapel and our side channels would be on the radio. So if Hmm. we were trying to like hunt for stuff and things like that, we'd be like, hey, Silver Honda had northbound on 85. We had an 85 in Durham. And then somebody would key up, be like, yep, I I just see it. I'm going to get behind it. Like, copy. I'm uh, I'm up north if it it runs. And then like, it was perfect. It was beautiful. And then we would finally go to Maine and be like, hey, we got traffic. Yeah. Refusing to stop, we're in pursuit. Okay, and we shaved it. I was on you your know? lapel mic. 
Yeah, that was, and then number two. So Dispatch would just be like, and they would listen to the talk around channels from time to time. That way they kind of knew what was going on. Yeah. But we were so high tempo in Durham as far as like calls, robberies, gunshots, hmm. uh, like like everything violent. Yeah. Uh, that it wasn't, we didn't have time. You probably weren't scanning other, oh, other God, agencies no. either. Dude, we were, we were, we were on survival mode. Yeah. See, that's why I use my, that's why I use the radio in my car. So I can scan. I know it's coming to us. I don't scan, bro. Well, we're gonna graveyards kind of have to. Otherwise, you're just like kind of. Yeah, that's true. I, I, you know, I've actually used that for my defense because I've uh, somebody told me like, "Hey, why'd you get involved with that?" And I was like, "I had no clue." They're yeah. like, "You didn't listen to so and so," and I'm like, "No, you don't scan." I'm like, "No, you can ask my navigator that's in the car with me. We sit in silence. Yeah. The only thing I hear is what's in my earpiece. That yeah. is it." Yeah, I've had to defend Kyle on that too. It's crazy because he had an incident like that, uh, but he was on his way out. Oh, he you told know. me about this. Yeah, I've I've talked to a couple of those people from that agency. I'm like, hey, he was on his way home. His radio wasn't going, and you know they get so butthurt, dude. Oh, you know why? It's because we caught the bad guy. <laughs> that's what we fucking do, bro. That's, that's why I came to this agency. <laughs> I wish I could say the agency right now for the listeners because you need to come here. If you are a police officer, listen to me. <laughs> if you're a police officer and you want to fight crime, you need to come to mm-hmm. our agency. I'm sure you can uh, reach out. Direct oh, yeah shoot, yeah. shoot me a message. I'm glad I'll get you in contact with a recruiter. Good guy. I like our recruiter. He's a good guy. And Gal. Hmm? And Gal. Jackie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jackie's cool. I actually worked with Jackie in the jail. She threw me off the first time I talked to her. I was like, are yeah. you allowed to work here? <laughs> she has an accent or an yeah. accent for people listening in. Yeah. But yeah. she is an American citizen. It's yeah. a joke. She, she, used worked, to work. she worked out of country, though. She told me yeah. some of her stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she came here, I was like, oh, shit. This is like retirement, dude. I'm not going to lie. Like this agency is awesome because you can get involved with what you want to, but at the same time, it is a retirement agency for other people, bro. They're sitting back with their, I don't know, pensions or whatever else they got. And then this is just a second paycheck for them. Dude. I, uh, I remember when I transferred over here, uh, I was talking to my wife and I was like, yeah, I don't think I've ever been more relaxed in my entire life. She's like, really? I was like, seriously. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've been shot at in over four years now. And she's like, yeah, that's good. I didn't know you were shot at. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably tell that's, that's an inside voice coming out that you should, you know, if you're going to keep that, keep that to yourself. Just say, yeah. just feel relaxed. Yeah. yeah. She, she's more relaxed now. This yeah. is this is a great agency to be at. But it is, it, we do, we do catch shit, dude. We, we, yeah. Most of it's not from here, though. No. Like you said, a lot pass of the through. crime is passed through. Yeah. But that's it's good, man, because they're coming down here to commit more crime. Yeah. And they can't or coming up, depending on where they're coming from. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, it's I I, I love living here. I love being a part of this agency. I I, you know, and truly like when I left Aurora and came here, Mm -hmm. it was because I felt like, bro, I'll never forget this. I was working in District one in Aurora and I was talking to my FTO. And granted, at this point in my career, I've already had five and a half years of experience. Mm-hmm. I've already gone on uh, a couple multi- uh, military deployments and stuff like that. So I'm like, so you're seasoned. I'm not a dumbass. Like mm-hmm. I was working, like when I came here and I worked with David Stark, 
like he was he was on he was the last podcast episode that I'm getting ready to edit. Yeah. Um, we were talking, man. Like he told me he's he's like when we were riding together, it was like we were a two man unit. Yeah. It was just it was fun. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like I really had to, I had to teach you the the computer system, but that's yeah. it, man. As an FTO, I can appreciate that as well. It's it's fun. It is nice when you get someone yeah. that's squared away and you can just work. Yeah. But then, uh, so when I was in Aurora and I was like, hey, do you want to just walk down Colfax and just make citizen contacts? They're like, we're kind of on protest, bro. I'm like, <laughs> what? They got, they got a blue flu situation going on? They're like, the current administration doesn't back us enough. <laughs> so we're on protest. I'm like, the fuck does that mean? We're not really doing anything proactive. We're just responding to calls, answering calls. <laughs> Writing the reports. Is this how your FTO talked? Is that how one of them? It's how one of them talked. Okay. We're writing reports. And that's all we're doing. I'm like, okay. I'm getting out of the car. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Are you going to join me? I guess I got to watch out for your safety. (laughs) Awesome, bro. Appreciate you. And they use Goga. Oh, yeah. As their arrest control technique, which was the stupidest. Yeah, but Koga or nothing. If you were learned, if you were taught Koga, if you learned Koga, yeah, it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, dude. Yeah, you know how many people have come through our our system? Yeah. I'm not saying there's a better system out there. Like, you know, there's not one better. Crazy Jiu Jitsu, baby. But Jiu Jitsu is, is you hear really good. someone that had Koga experience, they are the ones that come out and tell you, oh, Koga's better. No yeah, let else. me let me hold your hand real quick. Hold, give me your hand. No, this your one, other hand. Okay. Yeah, like oh, you're gonna listen to me now, aren't you? I've got your finger flexed. You have to take me on a date first. You can't can't get out of this. <laughs> I swear to God, it's all about finger flexes and like yeah. magical fairy dust, dude. Yeah, pixie dust everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Although there is a, did I show you the Koga handshake? Did I ever like, tell you about this? It's a secret handshake. It's a move that you can place people into a bent wrist, like a, a finger flexed wrist extension. Okay. And uh, so my FTO, one of my FTOs, that didn't sound like this. <laughs> We're going to keep you safe, bro. He sounded, he was a normal dude. Okay. He actually choked somebody out and killed him. <laughs> Before 217? Uh, maybe during. In the process, but of it the was drafting. it was justified. It was one hundred percent justified. I think even with two seventeen, there's probably justified. There's just nobody that wants to be the the, the guinea t- pig. To yeah, find the guinea out. pig. Yeah, because I've talked to our use of force uh, lead. Yeah, um, I've talked to. We're talking um, about chokeholds. So for people yeah. to fill them in, uh, because there's SB two seventeen here in Colorado, which is a Senate bill that was passed by the state, it prohibited. Mm-hmm. Rear naked chokes, or an LVNR that has nothing to do with right. the airway. It's the blood. Um, but I've even talked with. Uh, at the time, it was an IA, uh, and they were in talks with uh, our lawyer, and they're like, "Yeah." While I wouldn't advise it if it were under certain circumstances, they would back us. But again, no one wants to find out those certain circumstances, and they don't want to be the first one to be sued by it. Dude, wouldn't it be some shit though? Is like. I'm authorized and using lethal force and mm-hmm. I do this correctly and you I save saved them. their fucking life. They're going to sue you to save their lives. Yeah. You, you're authorized to go up and do a contact shot, but instead you're yeah. like, 
one, I don't want to get all that all over me. I don't want to burn that image into my head, someone else's head, and I want this guy to or gal well to lose their lives right. or for their family. Right, right. Well, say there's say it's you and I, right? Mm-hmm. And we're wrestling around with this dude, and he's pulling a gun. Mm-hmm. You you secure the gun. You mm-hmm. say, hey, he's grabbing, uh, he's reaching for his gun. Mm-hmm. I have his back. I just bloop, go up, yeah. get the rear naked or the LV and R. And squeeze, 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 goes limp, let go. Yeah. Roll him over, handcuff, recovery position, check pulse, chest, uh, you know, ABC, yeah. airway, blood, circulation. Yeah. Or airway, breathing, circulation. But we know And that's then, not- boom, so-and-so's alive. Yeah. Holy shit! And then, boom, Hall's Lavelle, getting sued. Lavelle and Hall, <laughs> officers of the year. JK, we're sued. on fucking trial. Yeah. We're let go. Mm-hmm. I don't and, know. And I mean, meanwhile, we're hoping to make money off this fucking podcast. I don't know if we'd be let go. Maybe you're not working patrol. They find somewhere deep in the dungeon to put us. If we're cleared legally. Yeah, making six figures. I remember in Aurora, your uh, your naughty spot was uh was working the impound lot. <laughs> well the over the yeah, last processing couple, everything. Last couple of years. Uh, What's our naughty spot? It's kind of changed because it was the jail and it was broadly known as the jail. But as things have changed, the jail is like, we don't want your new command staff. We do not want your mess. ups. Oh, I know. Send them somewhere else. Dude, uh, because of the leadership down in the jail, I've contemplated. I've never worked the jail a day in my life. I've contemplated going to the jail. I have buddies that work down there. And they like uh, over the last uh, two years, when the change kind of started happening, night and day difference. Yeah. Like they have they have command that you know if they say one thing, but a uh, a valid counterpoint's brought up. Yep. They'll be like, okay, we'll pause on this. We'll listen to you. We'll if you can bring the the facts or the the data. Yep. Uh, and it supports your side. They're like, okay. How and, crazy is that? How crazy is that that we work in a profession where we do have to make split decisions mm-hmm. at a blink of an eye? Someone's reached for a gun. I've got to shoot them. Mm-hmm. Like I've got no, I've got zero time. I, I feel, time. I, I feel like I have a lieutenant from Arapaho that's going to be joining us on this podcast at some okay. point, and I can't wait to talk to him about this. I feel like that that instantaneous decision making habit that we fall into on patrol continues through your career when in actuality drum roll folks you don't have to make a split decision yeah you can go yeah okay especially when you're pulled away from it yeah oh 100 even if it's i'm not i'm not talking like a call like a call when you're making a call basically you get there you're like all right scene safe yeah parties are separated yeah let me get my law book out. <laughs> what did you say happened? It's yeah, actually, it doesn't meet this crime. I'm sorry. It's actually under Lexus Nexus. I pull my iPhone. Yeah, and exactly. Look at it. Ah, I'm actually working on um, an AI right now that you can type. Uh, you'll type the report up, and it'll pull key facts from your report, and it'll tell you what crime is applicable. As long as the people know what elements of the crime that they need to articulate. But yeah. this is the thing. You should be doing that 
already in your report. Well, yeah. That's a- so I'm, I'm, I'm trying, there's two, th- there's two folds. I'm trying to get it involved with reports, but I'm also trying to uh, work with like audio, but the mm-hmm. audio for like the body cameras that we use is kind of trash. Yeah. Give I don't know if you ever years. looked at like the dialogue on the right side. It's fucking garbage. You so know it's really good at picking up cuss words, any profanity. It picks up phenomenally. Yeah. Sorry. I was making sure, uh, Richard over there is recording still. Yeah, looks like it. Thanks, Dick. That's why we call him Richard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so I uh I I, I am interested in, in talking to the lieutenant and, and we're gonna talk about leadership and everything else like that, especially like developing law enforcement. But I do think there's there's that that plagues us is mm-hmm. we, we are so used to making very fast decisions and we're good at it. Yeah. It just carries through. I never actually thought about that, to be honest. These, and I get like I'm not in any position that I have to make like yet changing or like admin changing decisions. Sure. Um, so I don't know what the stress is for that. Like, well, it's I, a lawsuit. I can tell you. Like, yeah. so I, I, when I was in the Air Force, I worked with policies and stuff like that and ROIs, mm-hmm. so rules of engagement. Yeah. Uh, or ROE, sorry. Um, and some of that is is lawsuit and uh, legal repercussions from other countries. Yeah. When I was in the military, but it's lawsuits. Yeah. So it's like, but it's this realization like, what's the probability? It's probability versus like benefit of waiting. Yeah. So if we pause and say, okay, let's breathe for a minute, let's have a think group where we pull in line level staff, we basically say, hey, let's talk about this real quick. We're trying to come up with a new policy and procedure. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. We're going to make our decision, but we want your input. Which, as being a paramilitary organization, even I would say throughout the U.S., like that probably doesn't happen very often. Yet. Yet. I know. I'm going to say this this podcast episode is going to be the power of yet. Yeah. Because we're uh, both well, very young in our careers, and I think we both have very long in our careers ahead of us. Yes. Well, our administration, there are people in our administration now that are doing that. Yeah. We have meetings with the the chiefs. Yeah, chiefs, yeah, which is phenomenal. And that circumvents the the misconception or the miscommunication that's going from line level to supervisors to lieutenants and captains, that whatever the chain of command yeah. is. Um, now they're hearing it directly from the line staff. And I've heard that there are times where like, oh, we didn't know that. We didn't know that this directive was put into place or this is your procedure. And, you know, honestly, I'd like to see them not just come to our briefings, but actually go on some rides through every shift so they can see how the, the administrative stuff that we have to do has changed because it's different. It 100% is different. I've had supervisors that have been sergeants for eight months and they forget how to use some of our, main <coughs> main technical stuff that we have to do to get yes. through our day yep like but oh yeah, you don't remember how to more stuff try you don't remember how to log into this camera system or tickets or tickets although my two well that's a side tangent we'll chat offline i had an issue yesterday you drive me up a wall and it was like no we can't really fix it right now i'm like <laughs> i need to report who i contact mm-hmm. by law yeah and i can't yeah so it's uh but what would you – I know my personal views of the current morale 
And I know morale is different at each agency and for different reasons, yeah. right? The best way I explain it to people is like at being switching from one agency to another, the grass is greener in certain areas. Yeah. You look over the fence, you go, oh, at a quick glance, it's greener. But Do you know you where that saying it. came from? What? The grass is always greener on the other side. Do you know where that came from? Is it Ireland and the UK? No. What <laughs> so the way it was explained to me is, you know, cows and horses always want to eat the grass that's always on the other side, right? Oh. Well, I worked for a Longhorn ranch when I was younger. And, a little cowboy. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, and there were some, like, cha- world champion Longhorn. Um, but this was when they kind of started, and they were always telling me, like, the grass is greener on the other side. And they explained to me that cows want to eat the grass that's on the other side. And sometimes it's alfalfa, and alfalfa is usually pretty green. Yeah. Well, that fucks up a cow's stomach and can kill them. So when they say the grass isn't always greener on the other side, sometimes implies like, hey, just because it's green doesn't mean it's not like poisonous, poisonous or yeah. like toxic in some way where, yeah, it might look good from this side. But once you get in it, you could be jumping into a shithole. No shit. Yeah. So like when I hear that, it makes me laugh because I wonder how many people actually kind of know where that came from or like why that's said. Um, and it's true. Like I've I've talked to several people. Um, as we all do, being an FTO, you get to talk to everyone that's come from other places yeah. or if they're brand new. Um, and, you know, they, they're they like, oh, this is how I did it at my agency. This is how, like, okay, I, I'm glad that that's how you did it at your other agency. You are at this agency. This is how yeah. we do it here. I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. I will, I, like, I'm always open up to hearing what they're saying because if it, if it actually is more efficient, then I'll start doing it. I'll start implementing it. But there are times where what they did at that other agency just it doesn't work fundamentally because it's a different place. Right. So when the, when I hear grass is greener, that's what I think is like, yeah, it can look green, but it could also be like very poisonous to you. Yeah. Or so, detrimental to morale. Yeah. Or like a lot of things. But what I, what I tell people is say you're looking at one area and we'll just say administrative support. Mm-hmm. And in your current yard, it's a piss spot meaning a dog has pissed in that spot and killed all the green grass. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, pretty nice. Like, oh, look over here at uh, Camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty green. Oh, look over here at uh, Salary. Oh, that's pretty green too. Let's yeah. look over here at Career Prospects and uh, Special Assignment. That's pretty green. Yeah. But right here is a piss spot. Yeah. You look over the fence, you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a piss spot there. So you go over. Or you don't know. You don't, you don't know what the piss spot actually looks exactly. like. Exactly. So you go over there and you're like, oh, camaraderie, that's a piss spot now. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Did it. I just change administration for camaraderie? I'd rather, I would rather have bros mm-hmm. that I'd be at bros and gals that I'd be happy to hang out with. Yeah, because you can say you do have a morale issue because of admin. Right. You can come together as a team and you can be like, hey, we're going to bond over how bad we can perceive this is, right? It's called shared trauma. Exactly. And you know what? Perception is all of what we see, right? It's not reality until it's shared. If we all share the same reality of our our same perception that we're in a bad place through whatever it is, then that's where you build like, hey, I will stick this out with you um, and we'll get through this. You know what bothers me though is like I'm sitting there and I'm looking and I'm like, oh, it kind of walks like a duck. Yeah, it kind of looks like a duck. Definitely quacks like a duck. Hey, Colt. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of a duck to you? 
You're like, yeah, it kind of walks like a duck, kind of quacks like a duck. By squint, it looks like a duck. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, it's, it's a fucking duck. Yeah. Then we go to admin. Yeah, duck. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> then we go to admin. We're like, hey, this is a duck. And they're yeah. like, no. Yeah, they don't see it. Not a duck. And you're like sitting there, you're like, mm-hmm. what, has he got some dirt on you or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is a fucking duck. Yeah. Um, it's a metaphor. Yeah, with where things are, you, nothing's ever going to be perfect. No, We're always, cops like to bitch and moan. They hate change. What? And every time something changes, they never want to adapt to it. Um, and I think that's, other than, you know, we see a lot of terrible things that's detrimental to our health. Oh, yeah. Why let simple changes that are really outside our control at the time, like, you know, if there's enough voices to it there might be change as long as as long as admin's willing to listen and as long as it's a valid point but sometimes we just bitch so much that there's this screen that is just shit right and you can't see past that i'm not saying all the changes that happen are great um but you have to be able to work with some of it i Um, think it's a communication problem oh 100 our generation wants to know the why yeah why? Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Why the fuck are we changing this process? I don't want to change this process. Why are we doing this? But you know where that, that falls an issue. Paramilitary. You're not supposed to ask why. You're supposed to oh, just you do can it. ask. But here's the problem. We have time. Mm-hmm. Any time. And this was when I was a staff sergeant in the military. I told all my troops this. I said, I want you to pause me if I feel like, if you feel like I'm going too fast. Yeah. If I tell you we don't have time, mm-hmm. that's when I need you to look at me and go, Roger, that's hard. And, and just go. Yeah. But if you think we have time and you say, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit there and go, let me think about that. And mm-hmm. I'll get back with you because I might not know the why I might just be being told by a mass sergeant to, to do something. Mm-hmm. And like my job is to explain the why. And if I can't explain the why my job is to motivate you. Yeah. I feel- not to just say, shut the fuck up, <laughs> color in the lines Go do it. Yeah. I feel like uh, I play a lot of interpreter. Um, Not with my current team, uh, but mm, two years ago, if you remember what team I was on. Yes. That's when we actually, we worked together on that team. Yeah. Misery loves company. Yes. Uh, There were some people that were experiencing some hardships with the supervisors. Um, One of the supervisors I, I got along with that like no one got along with. Yeah. And everyone went to that supervisor because they could get, uh, they got along with him better than it was the, the other one. Yeah, yeah, the lesser of evils, if you want to yeah. call it that. And I became the the mediator slash interpreter because the communication style wasn't the greatest. Yeah, and they were in that spot where like, oh fuck this, fuck that. He's just rejecting these reports because he doesn't like me. He's not explaining this. He's not explaining that. And a lot of the time is and because I've had conversations with this person, it's they're trying to keep you out of court. And yep. if you don't sound like an idiot, you're less likely to go to court. Um, expect like in DUIs yep. uh, and DVs. Those are like 90% chance you're going to go unless there's like, like on A camera, something is happening. Yeah. Right. Uh, and very little do the plea deals happen because the DA's office, those oh, are the they ones. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, well, one, the DUIs, they, they want to prosecute on those all the way. Yeah. The D the DVs, 
uh, their hands are a little tied on that, right? Because it's a, the severity of the crime. It's a victim's rights. Correct. It's a VR crime. So. so more than likely, you're going to court on those regardless. But if you have a well-written report that details everything and you don't write it like you're uh, in kindergarten yeah. and you have all these misspellings or typos, you're using the wrong word or it, it just sounds discombobulated, right? It doesn't flow. Yeah. You're 100% chance of not only going to that, but being called out. And depending on what the, who the lawyer is, they are going to make you look like garbage. Yeah. And not only will that happen there, that's going to like, you know, how cops talk. I'm sure the judges and the DAs talk and either on the, the, the defense side or the attorney side, like they're going to know you're, you are your report. Yes. So we have supervisors that don't really explain that and they just keep on kicking these things back. And these like, you know, we're not, you know what I love about court? What's that? It's an act. Yeah, it is. It is. Like I, I love sitting there going like, I'm talking, pretend you're the defense attorney and you're like saying <laughs> something. Right. And I look at you and I go, your honor, may I review my report, please? <laughs> and the judge goes, yes, deputy so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I was go, okay. Yeah. And I sit there and I read. Attorney so-and-so, can you repeat the question? And then they'll ask you something like, well, did you or did you not? Yeah. And, and then, like, yeah. Okay, like, uh, I just told you No. Your Honor, may I uh, may I recite my report, please? And they'll be like, "Yes, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Attorney, I think I can answer your question based on my report. Did you mm-hmm. get a copy of my report?" Mm-hmm. And then they look at you and they're like, "This motherfucker." Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been, I, like when I came in, like I said, yeah, uh, it was a weird time because all when I would have started going to courts, COVID hit. So, oh yeah, that's right. A lot of my stuff, like a lot of my, I would say cases are either still kind of working their way through the process yeah, or they got their pleas. Um, and like, I think like I had this really, really bad DV case that, um, I went for the prelims and I got there and like, yeah, you probably won't ever see this because the guy got deported. Oh yeah. So he's in Venezuela somewhere. Um, that was a terrible terrible dv that was like one of the ones i walked up on and like she was you could tell she was tuned up um but that's why these people like they get like they could not communicate with their supervisor just about simple reports and i was getting kicked yeah. back and it wasn't just like once or twice but because he would sit there meticulously and go through it it was like four or five times and they would like did you guys ever like think about using microsoft to read back your reports Dude, you know, you know, the most unhinged thing I do or like I, I observed What's that? when I like go car to car with people hmm. when they type their reports in our report writing system and they don't use word. I literally say because uh, so people listening in, we do not have there's no spell check. There's no grammar, nothing. So these people are just typing and they're either so fucking smart that they don't misspell anything and their grammar is literally immaculate. They're using a typewriter essentially. And just they're just sitting the there like, ching, ching, ching. I can't, I, I won't say it. who, but uh, I actually I will. It. I will. Ricky Romero <laughs> fucking sitting there typing. <laughs> I literally called him out. I looked over at him. I'm like, are you just typing directly into the report system? I trained him and I was like, bro, use did word. you see it too? Yeah. I was like, 100%. I was like, 100%. Please use word. 
You're gonna it gives me anxiety. And you're going to save yourself time. It gives me anxiety. No, I literally looked over at I'm him good. and I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're stressing me out. Yeah. I not only do I use word, I use Grammarly. Yes. I, I pay with my own money to use Grammarly. And do you know how many reports I get kicked back for grammar or word misspellings? Zero. I might get kicked back for some data input that yeah. either didn't pop because of the, like when you do the air check, it doesn't yep. pull up. And then when you yep, submit yep. it, it's like, oh, you didn't do this. Well, it's like but employer information. Everyone, it's like, okay. everyone kind of like goes through that. But I can't tell you the last time I've actually had a report kickback for spelling, grammar. Yeah. Um, I had one supervisor before I had any of that would send me back a report because I didn't put the commas in the right place. I've gotten an argument and I think it might have been with the same supervisor, but I sent them a, so I'm kind of an ass. So if you tell me, if you tell me I'm wrong and I know I'm right, I'll say, oh, interesting. You, I, I've never heard. I've never seen that. I'll literally say, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, can I show you something? And most of the time they're like, yes. Like you can like whatever mm -hmm. you want to show me. I got in an argument over the Oxford comma. It could, if it, I'm almost positive. It'd probably be the same. Cause I've never had another, we had uh, what is that song? Um, it would be like, comma, comma, comma. What <laughs> sings that? But that, that'd be the song. Comma, get, comedia, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you get the, yeah. you get the report back and it's just commas. Yeah. You're like, all right, cue the song, boys, because this is all it is. It's just the commas. And yeah. everybody was like, God damn it, fucking forgot the commas. Yeah. And you go through them like, well, I don't know where they go, but if he's going to help me put them in there, because he'll go so through I, he'll Yes, put, yes he'll put it right through they are. Um, my problem was is the Oxford comma is an additional comma that's not normally used mm -hmm. in American English, but it's used in, in proper English. Yeah. I type, I don't know why I started doing this. Maybe Maybe it was like a teacher in upstate New York that I had that was like, do you do double spaces too? No, that okay. is something I don't do. Well, that's also starting to fade out too. Yeah, but I do I do adhere to the strict rule of the Oxford comma, and I use semicolons a lot too. Oh, I'll, I'll draw. I only use that because grammar is like, oh, you want to use this? I'm like, <laughs> yes, please. As long as that's correct, sure. Does it make me look more <laughs> smart? And you know what? I'm gonna start wearing glasses I everywhere. I probably shouldn't have said I use Grammarly because now everyone's going to know. That's why my reports look a little better than, you know, yeah. average. But like, God, Lavelle's just freaking smart. Maybe they'll give me a stipend for Grammarly. Or maybe you, I Grammarly think you can write will... it off as taxes. Maybe. No, we are not sponsored nor endorsed by Grammarly. But hey, if you there want to help go. us out. Just like a little. Yeah, if you're looking for a sponsor. I'm sure we can get the office to join in because I know for they, a sponsor. They do have something, a... nothing, everything podcast. They have a business account, so they can use more than one person on it. Just saying. Yeah, just like Word. Yeah. So I want to jump into, are you allowed to talk about some of the SWAT stuff you do? Uh, Yeah, if there's things that we can't talk about, we'll just skip over them. Okay. Oh, we'll just touch on it, basically. Yeah. Um, so when did, what motivated you to go as an operator? As a SWAT cop? Yeah. Um, as a SWAT operator. What does SWAT stand for? Special Weapons and Tactics Team, yeah? S-W-A-T. Yeah. T? No, I mean team. Yeah, Special Weapons and Tactics. Yeah. Team. SWAT. Team. There's a sign with T, just like my name. C-O-L-T. I misspelled your name, by the way. I'm sorry about that. I, right. I, I'll make sure I get it right in the future. Um, my name's Ron Burgundy? <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, 
Back to the Anchor, question. Anchorman joke. <laughs> what, uh, what, like, what, what made me want to join? Yeah, yeah. Well, it all started when I was eight years old. I oh, was like, shit. I want to be on SWAT. And I'd run around with airsoft guns, Nerf guns. But what motivated that? You know, probably just like in my family. Um, just being that third generation, it's like, I, I want to do all of the cool stuff, right? Was your dad on SWAT? Uh, he was. I met commander. your dad. Yeah, he was a commander over it. He was never in the operations as a, a member. Not as an operator. As a SWAT cop, uh, but he did oversee his uh, department over it. So some guys call themselves operators. Um. So I know. Sure. I know in Durham they were SWAT operators. Yeah. Um. And and I know. I I, I want to pick your brain. Why are you so hesitant to say operators? Is it because the tempo is not there? No. Uh, because I look at the operators as being like SEAL team spec level. Like they, they do that for their living. That's like everyday thing. That's what they're doing. They're always doing it. And that's kind of what they do as a SWAT cop. My primary job is, is I'm a cop and I'm a part time being, being on a regional team. Yeah. And we're part time. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great people on the team. There's a lot of great minds. Um, you know, they've made me a better cop through tactics, um, confidence, leadership, and taking over uh, certain incidents that I go to. And then when, like, probably by far the safest thing as being a cop is being on the SWAT team, right? Um, because time's on our side. Most of the time when we're going to things, it's planned out. And even if it's not, and it's quick reaction. You're there with all the, all, the, all your buddies that you train with. Um, very frequently, you get uh, more advanced training. You get more training in general. You get to shoot together a lot more, um, and you get that communication. Do you guys ever train from depth? What do you mean? So I know it's very, very taboo, and I'll give you a quick incident that happened in Kenya for the Air Force. Mm -hmm. General rule of thumb, don't shoot from depth. Correct. If yeah. you're in front of me, I'm not going to shoot past you, even if I have a positive target. Yeah. And that's because I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Now, the quick little scenario that happened, uh, I don't know how much I can say about this. There was a scenario that happened in, well, I already said the country, in Kenya. Mm -hmm. I won't say the, the Air Force Base or anything like that, uh, where there was one tower up front. Boko Haram attacked the Air Force Base. There's another, uh, so there's, there's normally two towers. There was a Overwatch tower that refused to engage positive ID good targets because they said we were told not to shoot from depth. And part of that problem was it's a 45 to 50 foot fucking tower. So thankfully they retracted the gate or mm -hmm. the, the stairs to the tower. So there's two airmen scared for their lives in tower. Number one, tower number two is looking at this, but they're not shooting because they're from depth because they're from depth. Now, I have trained to sh shoot from depth outside of work. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly uh, because number one always cuts left. Okay. Unless there's a wall. Yeah. Num or number, like, does that make sense? Yeah. So number one always cuts left. Mm -hmm. Number two always cuts right. In one, it splits the target so they can't focus on two. Yep. But that way, if we're offset, normally it's not like, 
oh, you're 50 yards, 50, 50 yards ahead of me. I'm mm-hmm. going to shoot. Yeah. Are we, so are you mm-hmm. shooting from depth and uh, more of an urban area? Not like building context, but like you have more of an open environment. Normally. Yeah. Um, the so, shooting from depth in rooms is hard. Yeah. So we try, obviously that's like, we have that, that one meter rule, right? Yeah. You, you don't want to offset off of the barrel, not the person. Yep. 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 Um, so we, we, we train like, Hey, we don't, we don't shoot within that distance. So one meter is close though. Yeah, that is very close. That's How like, often do you actually train shooting one meter off? Well, that's more of a, a Sims scenario. Okay. Um, we will avoid that for like live fire in a, in a shoot house. Sure. Um, and we're like way, way, way more strict with kind of the, the movements. Like we slow everything down in that, yep. that aspect. But I would say when we're outside, we have, um, we have trained in a format of shooting from depth sure, in a very, very safe manner. But so we at least know what it's like, especially, um, like you're on snipers. the range, somebody's over on the left, snipers are back, they're shooting. Mm-hmm. They'll make their shot calls yep. and there are calls and that's like, you will freeze, freeze. Yep. Um, and they'll take that. So you know what it's like. Okay. That, that, you, that's what I was asking. You don't because... want the first time being in that scenario in real world and you're right by you, right? That That's super unsettling. It's not fun. It's the feeling. Like depending on how close the bullet is, you can yeah. feel like the air, like yeah, like right past your face, and it's yeah. So it's in that context, uncanny. yes. Um, now when we're in close quarters, like such as a, a shoot house or a Sims, yep. um, we try to avoid shooting from depth because, like yep. you're right, we don't know how our buddies in front of us are going to react. And when you're in a condensed area, such as a room or a hallway, the predict predictability is so much less because are they going to go to the ground? Are they going to stand right up in front of me? Are they going to like dip dip out to the side or the angles? Am I in a position where I'm kind of at an angle and my buddy, like I call something out and they step out or they don't adhere to their rules of CQB and they come off their wall and step in front of me. Yeah. Um, so within the house, we try not to, or within a closed yeah, structure, yeah. we try not to shoot from depth. No, I was talking more of that one meter offset of like, how often do you actually, I wasn't going to say it. Cause I, I don't, I don't normally like giving out like training methodologies. And yeah. Stuff. But I think that's, that's a, pretty common knowledge though. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the firearm safety rules, right? Yeah. You want to know your target and beyond and don't so put the, your gun the, at something. That... The Air Force one was because the towers were staggered, like literally linear. The Overwatch tower in their report stated, well, uh, we didn't have the mechanical, like one meter offset, mm-hmm. not mechanical offset, but one meter offset. Yeah. That we were shooting directly at the target, but it was down. Yeah. That's interesting. So I guess we, we, we have a two forty nine Bravo. So it's like, yeah. And you're like fucking missed pink mist. Well, that's yeah. It's going to happen. The two forty, the two forty, my two forty nine is a little bit smaller, same round, but yeah, enough accurate rounds in the same spot or in the oh, same general yeah. area. Well, and it's it's automatic, dude. Yeah. Like people, people, people discount the like the thing about the automatic, like in warfare, is like the quick burst, mm-hmm. like like you just shot off three to four, yeah, like yeah. very and very very tight, yeah. 
most of the time you ride up a little bit, but yeah. it's if you, if you're mounted on a mounted machine gun, mm-hmm. that three to four is like, yeah, paper plate size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so, go. To whoa. answer your question, yeah, there is a little okay. bit of it. So That's good. Just not a, um, the problem. The problem that I have with regional SWAT teams is that uh, coming from agencies that have full time SWAT teams, mm-hmm. there's you could find places to fill. Yeah, there are active calls you could go to. There's uh, proactive stuff you could do. I know for a while we had a street level unit that all guys were SWAT oper- or SWAT certified. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they were actually on the team, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they were. There's a couple that were SWAT certified, but different not. areas that needed to be SWAT certified, but they weren't actually on the team. Right, like they were on the EOD. Right. Yeah. 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 So like you go through the the SWAT training and stuff like that, but yeah, but it's that not even. No, it's not scratch your service. That's like that's like uh like our building searches on steroids, essentially. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. It's like taking a water hose and just spraying it. it, it there's no way that How long is the school? It's a week long, but it's a it varies from like less lethals, yeah. um like being um exposed to like flashbangs, yeah. uh, different kinds of like being in the room when it goes off. Uh the, they don't do it in a room for the concussion's sake, but they'll do it like in an Outside. open area. Yeah. And then also you get re-exposed to OC, yep. CS, so you know what the effects are. Um, and then they go through building searches. But like from what I remember going through the SWAT school and what we do now is like very different. Day. Yeah. Um, but the principles are still the same, right? So one week of that and only one week of that is I would not say like you are still like certified. Yes, you've got a piece of paper that says you went through this basic SWAT school. But I would say being on a a unit that has SWAT members on it, yeah, and they're doing things that are that they've been trained and they're safe on would not necessarily qualify that person that is also on that team that went through the same like went through the school because to go do a warrant pickup. Correct. Because yeah. um, some of the stuff is maybe the warrant pickup is compliant. Like, yeah, sure. But we, we all know that there's the warrant pickups that are not compliant or the evictions that are not compliant. Yep. And then you need to actually have the SWAT team come. Right. Yep. So it's just having that extra tool. This is, this is the thing that gets me too. And I talked to David about this uh, last week. There's a lack of training when it comes to known situations. So what I mean by that is, we know all of the schools in our area. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any like hidden schools that we don't know about. Fair, no. yeah. Well, all, all, I will we'll preface this: all the schools in our area are very much reaching out to law enforcement for yes. SROs. Yes, so. yes, yes, yes. What? But what I'm saying is, so I was talking to David, and I was saying like, uh, it really bothers me that like the military will know like the the probability of getting involved in something is pretty high, but then they'll only spin you up for a month prior to your deployment. Mm-hmm. They'll say, bye, you're good. <laughs> You've been blessed. Yeah. Go forth and be prosperous. Yeah. Kill the terrorist. You only need a month, then you're good. And then you talk to, like, we'll, we'll go at the very lowest level, right? Okay. Yeah. Rangers. Okay. Very high up in operator operations, right? Like when you look at the 82nd Airborne, 
they're like the the last level before I would really classify people as like operators, right? And then mm-hmm. you go from 82nd Airborne into Rangers. And then at, once you once you say hey, I was a Ranger, I was like, okay, you were an operator. Mm-hmm. The amount of spin up that they have prior to a deployment is so comprehensive. Talking to my friends that have gone through it, mm-hmm. they're like, dude, like my training was like six months. Yeah, I knew, just... I knew like in my, my deployment was only eight. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. It's a long time to train, but they know what they're getting into. They know what their mission is. They know what their objective is. And they, they're so, they're so ingrained into like their five twenty five fifties, like ID sweeps and stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. like literally comes second nature. Problem that I have with law enforcement. We have the resources to do that stuff when it comes to money. Yeah. If you told me, hey, we work four days a week. Mm-hmm. Do you want to train once a week just to, to sharpen the blade every week? Mm-hmm. We'll pay for you. We'll pay for your ammo. We'll pay for you going through the shoot house. Yeah. We'll pay for everything. I'd be like 100%. Yeah. You sign, sign me up. There's only 10% though. But you only need four dudes. Yeah. That that like or four four gals too or gals will be non discriminatory. You only need four people to successfully execute an operation most of the time. Yeah, you need and that that's like physical boots on the ground. You need yeah. supportive functions, but you need four dudes. Yeah, and it's probably one. You could probably do it with three. Yeah. It just depends on the scenario, right? You could you could finish it out with or have a at least a successful outcome yeah. with the four and then you have what the response from everybody else that you know doesn't want to do the training, doesn't have the training, but they know what their job is to do on a perimeter. Sure. So I need to make sure no one crosses this line or hey, I need to make sure this place is secured, no one comes in or out. You know what my or problem is? I set this up and this is where everyone responds to, right? And then the other four be like, if they if they have like two two or three people with them that are just to attach them and they're essentially their leaders of that little you know, call them like a detail. Yeah. Yep. Or quick reaction force or whatever you want to preface yep. that, you could still have a favorable outcome. Yes. My problem it falls on the people that think they know what they're doing. And interject themselves when it's like, you know me, I'm very, very mild when it comes to that. Uh, Even like if like people usually have to ask me for what my opinions are, unless it's so out in left field that I think what is being said is like, Hey, whoa. whoa, whoa." So I, so I'll be, I'll be completely candid though. Like there's, there's been trainings where it's like, I've done vehicle takedowns where we split the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Right. That's something that's normally not trained. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys train it with vehicle takedowns, left side, right side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize that on a certain call. And so when right side started getting taken down or driver side, I was mm-hmm. like, left side needs to be taken down. Why? Because I've never trained it any other way on patrol. So wow. what did I do? I immediately switched back into this is my training muzzle aims down. Yep. If there's a threat, I shoot in the pelvic girdle. Yep. And I just, do you like, want to know how many trainings they've had on that? Like, while well, I've been here. Split approach? Control. Oh, just a, like a vehicle apprehension. 
I think one, maybe I think, one. I was about to say because I, I, I think and I went was, to it with you. Yeah, when we were working on swings. Yeah. Other than that, the only time I've seen it was um, at SWAT, and yeah. we we took that from Aurora because yeah. we had some guys that went up there, and Aurora does it all the time. Oh, one hundred percent. Like well, they have they have teams yeah. that you know, okay, the full time SWAT team. Yeah, but they have a team that they practice that. Yep. They're very good at it. So how do you get good at it? You send people to those trainings, you learn from them, and then you bring it home. So I've been fortunate to have that um, extra experience and training, like I said, that I get through the SWAT team. Um, and I've, I've used that on a patrol level. Um, it wasn't a, a vehicle apprehension. It was uh, unknown trouble. Um, came in as a possible kidnapping slash DV. Turned out it was a stolen vehicle. It was pursued. Vehicle during rush hour went oncoming traffic on one of our main highways. Um, it was uh, called off. But there were so many calls of this vehicle traveling the wrong way that we were able to keep up, uh, kind of like paralleling it. Yep. And uh, it got off. Someone from a different agency kind of got behind it, but they weren't allowed to pursue. Um, and then we got a call within one of our can i pause you for a second yeah isn't that crazy you have a vehicle going opposite mm -hmm. flow counter flow so for civilians that means if you are driving southbound on a road mm -hmm. there's a car coming towards your direction head on at a let's just on an on a highway with the average speed of 50 50 they're probably doing 50 or faster so when you guys get hit you're probably getting hit at 100 120 miles an hour yes not survivable so, in most vehicles. Right. I don't care what you're driving. Unless so this you're person is putting you. You are going to get out of there. You you're going to have limbs missing. You're going to be paralyzed, or you're going to be dead. Mm -hmm. If you are lucky, and the grace of God is on your side, and God has other plans for you, you'll walk away unscathed. If you're sleeping, is, or you're drunk, yeah, you're going to get. You're you're probably going to die. And to have an agency say. No, we're not going to do anything about that. Yeah. I don't know about you personally. I've already I've already hung my hat on certain situations where I will go against policy if it saves the lives of other people. Yeah. So if I'm in a pursuit, mm -hmm. I don't have a pursuit rated car, but if I'm number one and they go counter flow, there is a high probability that I will TVI your car mm -hmm. greater than 40 miles per hour. Well, at that point, you are looking at life or death. Yes, because if you continue to drive counterflow, the chances and of hitting someone are just increasing. I would rather lose my job than to live my entire life in regret because this person killed an entire car of a family. Yeah, because you know they're not just going to hit a single motorist. They're going to hit oh, no. a family Yep, or a school bus or... Yep. Maybe one of those minivans or those uh, what Mercedes right. vans, right, right, full of people. So anyway, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's just that's one of those things that like I get in the moment that officers probably like, all right, I'm getting called off. Yeah, but like I don't, I can't remember if he even got into it. He just might have aired that this is where it was. Okay. So after that, he, they go into a neighborhood that was part of our jurisdiction, and we get conflicting stories. But what happened was, is they essentially carjacked got shot at the people and took their car and left um the car oh, probably drove 
the car probably drove right by me because they gave like four different vehicle descriptions of the vehicle that was taken. And I, I was coming down the main road. That, were we working together at this time? I think we were. Yeah. Yeah. You were on this call. I was on this you're, call. You were, <laughs> you were a perimeter. Or you were one of the first ones down there and you were helped perimeter to stop vehicles from I coming do down here. That. So the vehicle that was left was a truck yes. with the darkest tint you could think oh, of. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the people that was working in the area had a drone, tried using it, couldn't see. So what do we have to do? We have to try and... It's a vehicle assault. They don't want to call it a vehicle yeah. assault, but it's a vehicle assault. Vehicle assault, vehicle apprehension, vehicle contact, whatever, however you want to call it. Yeah. So we got some shields up and we made sure that we were safe. Yeah. Um, we had this miraculous 5.11 tool that looks like an ice pick. Can I ask you, like, because this is my thought process. Yeah. As a less lethal instructor, I know the super sock cannot be used to shatter windows. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. So the because I've used it to shatter windows in the past, or yeah. even the forty the forty foamy round. Yeah. So what I was told the developers um, that we buy our munitions from. I know. Um, Did you go through the course? No. Was, okay. But I I I know someone that like pretty close with them yeah. and we like they've explained why that they won't cover us yeah we can't see into that vehicle say right. there's more people in that vehicle yeah. maybe there's a innocent someone that shouldn't that and isn't there or something like that that super sock or whatever goes through and hits a person in the head maybe we don't have lethal like we're not at the lethal use of force yet sure. correct and they die we can't justify that. Oh, why did you break the... Because they wouldn't roll their windows down, so we shot this non-lethal thing, broke the window, and through the physics or whatever happened, yeah. the round hits them and kills them. That's why. I just think there should be... we sh- There should be development. Axon, I'm talking to you because you own everything, law enforcement. <laughs> there should be some sort of munition that we can shoot from a... 12 gauge shotgun that yeah. shatters the windows and they do ballistic testing on that makes sure, sure there's it no over penetration. Right. Yeah. I mean, bro, spark be beneficial. Plug. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Take spark plugs and you shatter it up. You take yeah. the, the, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Probably uh, cancerous metal and fucking chuck it out a window. And I just make sure you're wearing gloves. I'm going to start carrying that around. Just I'm going to start carrying around. like a bag of like shattered fucking spark, spark plug. Just that. Hey, can I stop by the, the, the shops, the, the shops, or maybe <laughs> even like one of our our uh, tow yards that have a bunch of cars are just torn up. Yeah, like, hey, you got any spark uh, plugs in the yard? Hey, man, you, uh, I'm trying to get them spark plugs. You got them? If you look in the dirt, there might be some from where we crushed that car over there. Yeah. So, but yeah, we have to figure out how yeah. we're going to walk up to that. Well, because I'd been to a training, I was able to lead yes th- a small group of people up there in a safe manner with shields and set them up for success. Right. Yep. Uh, so I think that's where it's beneficial being part of the SWAT team where I've had extra training that has helped me in the everyday field. Yeah. Um, do you guys ever use, uh, and this is like, this is like another training thing that I've done before, but like, uh, paintballs against shields. So you have active threat, you're going up, you're doing a vehicle. We did it with vehicle assaults. We use Sims and we have, well, uh, paintballs have more of a like thud feel. Mm hmm. When, for the shield holders. Yeah. So it basically stress inoculates the shield holder as like, if I'm getting shot at, my job is to hold this to hold shield. My lethal cover will neutralize the threat. 
So it's like we were doing a vehicle assault. We like walk that. up, they pop out with the paintball gun, mm-hmm. do, 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 and they hit your legs too. Yeah. Just to like make you feel pain. Yeah. But it's like you feel the pain, you realize I have to hold this shield because Yeah. Um we so we don't use paintballs. Yeah. Um, but we do use sims and the sims that they have now are spicy as shit. Yeah. Like Zingy. Yeah. Oh, they put like pretty good dents or indents and wooden less like wooden shield that is like made to replicate the shield that we have. Sure. Um and they're like I don't I wasn't behind it, so I couldn't I couldn't tell you what it feels like. Yeah. But like we we had a scenario where we were coming downstairs and someone just wanted to use the shield to try it out and it saved him and somehow the guy behind him got, got like obliterated like in the legs at a couple of spots. But I mean, if it were real life, like they yeah. both would have walked away. The relatively okay. Yeah, yeah, the other guy would have had a round or two on his leg. Yeah. Um. But you also have another SWAT guy that knows the scenario. He knows what he's doing. He knows our tactics. So he's just being a dick and blah, 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 shooting, yeah, shooting it up, right? But it worked. Yeah. Like the shield did its job. Um, but well, you train paintball. for them. You should train for the most advanced adversary. Mitts, yeah. You know, because you never know. There might be someone that's unhinged that through whatever happened, they could be yeah. military. They could be a legit operator, right? Yeah. Or they could be law enforcement. They that, see, you know, you got booby traps all around the house. We've dealt with it. They weren't. They, they weren't, weren't like sophisticated. Military. They were. Sovereign you told citizens. me about it. Yeah, you told me about it. Uh, I'm talking like operators gone to <laughs> counter IED school, which, for yeah. the listeners, counter IED school is a way to basically teach you how to create IEDs or diffuse. Well, it's all about <laughs> counter IED. So we're gonna yeah. teach you how they're made. Yeah. That way you can counter them. Yeah. And you and like I remember leaving that class going like. I feel like I can make a bomb. Yeah. I wouldn't do it because it's like, it's too risky. Yeah. Right. I like my hands. I like, I my, like my hands. I like my face. Yeah. It's a little ugly, but yeah, it makes it's, my, it's my face. Yeah. So, uh, that's one pursuit you were involved in. Was there another crazy pursuit that you're allowed to talk about? I know that the reason why I say we're allowed to talk about it yeah. is because there might be like criminal cases going on still. So yeah, I've been in, I've been in a fair share. My first one that I was involved in, FTO, didn't even start in our county. It started at county line going north. Um, and that was a kidnapping. Text 911, kidnapping. Deputy finds it, rush hour, and we pick him up north of county line. Why? Why? Was it a text to help? Yeah. Like they, they reached out to other agencies to no, help out? They, they started texting. We picked it up at the south south of our border um, oh okay so it just took that long to for us to get to a position where we could find it right um so essentially the person was being held at gunpoint being kidnapped so we uh once we fall in because we're vehicle number two second phase of fto i'm driving around and we're like rush hour traffic <laughs> oh man it was uh Looking for this car. Nervous. Oh, we had it. I just had to find the other cop car. Not oh, because so. you're number one. No, we were number two. They were number one. They already found it. They were behind it. Oh, okay. So you're playing catch up. Yeah. So they're like, hey, get ready with sticks. I get out of the car. I'm like, there's four lanes of heavy traffic, and they're yeah. in lane number two. This isn't going to happen. So as they pass us, I put the sticks back in the car, and sticks or stop sticks, one of these tubes, three-foot sections of 
uh, like a triangle Metal with spikes with hollow yeah. tube spikes that deflate tires. So we put that back and we're like, all right, we're going to catch back up to you. Yeah. So right after County line, we get behind them and they light them up. The guy decides, Hey, well, I'm not going to slow down. And in fact, we're going to accelerate. We hit three digits and explorers. So those things were cooking. Yeah. And it got to the point where we were almost losing them and we were going to have to call it off. What was he driving? Mm, a little sedan. I can't remember exactly. Was it a Hyundai? No. I want to say it was a Honda. Maybe it was an Accord or something. Okay. Um, but we were starting to lose them. Um, so we were going to start calling it. <coughs> Traffic started opening up. Eventually. Calling it as in like terminate? Yeah, we were starting. We're, we were just about to terminate. But they use their turn signal. And we saw which exit they got off of. So we're like, oh, okay, we'll see if we can get up there. We get up there. They T-boned a minivan with family in it. Um, but we weren't even behind them, so we didn't see it. But we see yeah. this vehicle in the middle of the intersection and this guy running across um, lanes of traffic. So oh, that's the guy. So I'm like, oh, maybe we can just like, clip him with a car. He just yeah. took somebody yeah. hostage. Fucking like, door check. Um, but he's running through a grassy median. So as oh. I start going through it, I just <laughs> slide through the grass. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was not expecting that. I have this brake fade from... <laughs> cooking right then i'm going through you add grass to it i'm like oh shit so then they run into um a parking lot with like uh some restaurants and then so did you start like sliding and lose control oh yeah i drove all the way through the grass it was like 30 feet of grass and just you didn't hit him no no but i had my second god dude i had my second opportunity right so i reline up and he's running towards this parking (laughs) lot and so i'm like oh fuck yeah we're gonna get him right um but he, um, like on foot, you he had the advantage to where you can run places where a car can't go. Sure. Um, so we're just trying to keep up with him, and I hit a curb, like not just like a like a gradual curb. It's one of those like hard like foot curbs, right? <laughs> I hit it at twenty five miles an hour. Everything in the car, boom, boom, boom. like energy drink flies out. Everything in the, uh, the visor <laughs> flies out, hits us. Like, oh shit! And as we come to a sliding stop, which I don't have brakes, right? Because we're fading. <laughs> My, yeah. my FTO jumps out of the passenger seat. He's starting to oh yell at the guys. He's running. I like the biggest thing I can remember. There's a family in a car right next to us. They're just watching us as I'm trying to slide to a stop. I get out of the car and like, you know, I played sports. Who was your school. FTO? Are you allowed to say? A car, uh, Carlson. He's a detective now. I don't know. Yeah. I got um, at some point. So he takes off behind this dumpster and bushes. I'm thinking, okay, well, they either are going to run back to the highway or they're just going to keep on running south. Yeah. Well, knowing playing, I played football and you know how you catch someone is you, you take the angle, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to take this fucking angle. I'm going to catch them as they're going, right? So I'm fucking booking it. <laughs> I come around this corner and I don't see anyone. I see a guy like, I don't know, 40 yards down the way, like talking, like he's actually talking on a phone. I'm like, hey, do you see anybody? He kind of looks at me and he keeps on walking. I'm like, hey, did you see anyone run this way? Kind of looks at me again, just like kind of, I'm like, did you fucking see anybody run this way? And he just like, doesn't even reply back to me. Someone on the third story, but I'm just like, Hey, go check over there in the bushes. I think he's over there. I'm like, Oh, thanks. I turn around and I start using my gun light. It dies. Like, oh shit. So I have to get my flashlight <laughs> out. And uh, There's this dude sitting in a ball with a hood over his face. Like if I can't see you, you can't see me. <laughs> And my FTO is nowhere to be found. Like he, he jumped the fence. He's like off over in the, uh, like looking over the highway. Right. 
So I start just yelling at this guy, hey, show me your hands, lay on the ground, get on your face. And my FTO starts running. She's like, oh shit, I can't get on the radio because my hand's occupied by the flashlight. I've got a gun. This is the first time I'm like felony, like laying somebody out, yeah. like real world stuff. Like, oh, I hope I'm doing this right. I hope like, I don't have to like, shoot like, this you man. Have, like all this adrenaline. And then my FTO just like jumps over this fence and is like, oh, hey, we're outside. We're outside of Wahoo. Uh, tacos right yeah and he goes we're outside fish tacos and that's all that came out of the radio and everyone's like where the fuck are these guys where's fish tacos yeah, yeah. right <clears throat> so then the the first uh deputy that was with us that initiated the stop um he came over to us we got the guy in the custody he actually when he took off running uh behind the bushes he threw his gun like over the fence and oh that's the highway. good so that was reassuring right? yeah and then after that they got the the victim to the hospital and um, I flattened two tires when I hit that curb. So after we, we got the guy to the substation, put him up there, I uh, got to change two tires. But, did you drive your car with the flat tires or did you take another car? Uh, so the rims were bent. Oh. And uh, the tires made it to the substation. And then when I got nice. to the substation, I changed the tires with one of our spares and I took someone else's spares. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my first pursuit. I was like, fuck yeah this is a fun job right i like this job yeah. yeah so that was my first experience in chasing a car my second one two weeks after learning how to tvi a car I'm like oh this is dope right so i'm working down in the southern district come across a car that's parked on the side of the road right past the intersection trying to brand new cops still trying to figure out how to develop pc reasonable suspicion and all this other stuff sure i have I have the stuff laying in front of me, right? There's a case of beer. There's um, some paraphernalia. At the time, you're like, eh, it could be anything, right? And so I'm like, hey, can I search your car? And he's like, no, I don't want you to search, search my car. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Like, I'm still trying to, but at that time, like, looking at now, I had more than enough reason to, to get him, him yeah. and do what I need to do, right? For anything, at least. Pennsylvania DUI. v. Mims, dude. But young dumb and still trying to learn right i'm like oh. well if he's not gonna let me search the car i can ask him for the insurance and as he's looking for stuff i'll have plain view right well we come across he has a spoon that's covered in white stuff right i'm like oh there it is i'm like hey, what's that for he's like, oh i use i use a free cereal well, why is that white stuff on there like, oh it's that milk i'm like that is not milk <laughs> step out yeah it's powdered milk, bro <laughs> yeah it's for my nose beer um <laughs> so at that point in time, I grab onto him. I have another deputy with me, and he's like, oh, he's like, he's got that like drug high on him, right? Yeah. He's fighting with us. He's able to get back in the car. He's able to turn the car on, and he's able to. Oh my god! You're one off. of those fucking videos that I watch, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. As everybody's holding uh, on to this dude, uh -huh. and he's like, uh huh, yeah. So that was before like having any like real world. Like, sure. So I learned a lot from this, <laughs> but. The biggest thing is I didn't hang on to him when he took off. Good. Neither did my partner. He Good. almost did. And, you know, when it happened, I thought he ran over my partner's foot because as the tire, he was close enough, it could have ran over his foot and he kind of started limping. I thought that, and so I was like, oh, we're going to chase I this guy. This. So the supervisor was like, I heard about this. Do you have something? I'm like, yeah, I think he ran over my partner's foot. He's like, well, do you think they're the end of, under the influence? I'm like, well, yeah, they could be. But yeah, I'm like, I've got so much going through my head. Like the real answer is like, yeah, they're definitely on something. Yeah. They probably just smoked it. They probably just cooked it up, whatever else, right? Yeah. So this is my first solo pursuit, second pursuit ever. And we're going down to me like, oh, high speed, doing the speed limit. 
What? Uh, yeah, we're doing the speed limit. We're not even speeding. We're just doing the speed limit. Just refusing now. the stop. Just refusing the stop. We get to a intersection. Uh, the person that was with me was past us, so we could throw stop sticks. Right. Yep. We get to an intersection where I, he just stops. I'm thinking, okay, this is red light. Uh, it, it ended up being a red light, but I was like so focused on the guy. I was like, oh, get out of the car, start challenging him. Light turns green. He makes a U-turn. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit. He looks at you as he's driving past. Yeah. So I get behind him, like shit the speeds are good i'm gonna tvi at him i just learned how to do it let's fucking do it right so my partner's coming racing back up to me because he passed us to go throw some stop sticks yeah. further down and i attempt it at way too slow of a speed and incorrectly because this is my first time doing it live and i've sure. got all this adrenaline yep so it basically just tapped the bumper well this caused him to ride that that high that was just kind of at a flat line to shoot through the roof right so now he's doing 70 on residential speed uh residential zones he's no so longer on the 35s, highway 45s mm-hmm. yeah so he's in the wrong lanes he's doing 70 plus miles an hour you had to tap him colt all of the roads right i learned a lot from this one too right i almost followed him on the wrong side of the road and i was like oh this is the median i need to get back on my side of the road yeah and then uh trying to figure out how to you know also follow the speed limit signs you know thank god i worked on graveyards and I, like checking you can see a lot further down if there's any yeah. lights yep yep well then we got to a point where i had a gps i'm like oh he's going into a cul-de-sac this is going to be a perfect time to tvi him in the apex of the turn right so i call out all right we're going to tvi him we get in the apex of the thing i make contact with his car assuming that i have a good tvi it was not a tvi you rammed him. I put uh, the front bumper in the rear, pa- the driver's side passenger door. The front bumper in the rear passenger. Yeah, dude, on the driver's side. So I how? So is he making a left turn or a right turn? Uh, yeah. So he was doing the he was doing he was in the cul-de-sac, staying on the correct side. So as he's turning at the apex of the cul-de-sac, like <laughs> I'm just gonna tap the back of his trunk, right? Well. And the motions of everything that happened, I did not tap his bumper. No. <laughs> I tapped the back door of that car, and it, it, it spun him. And it sure it, it bought some time for my partner to get down there. Probably and destroyed his axle too. No, I didn't hit him that hard. Really? Man. Yeah. Okay. We, we were doing 15, 20 miles an hour, so it wasn't like a huge, uh, huge collision. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was enough to spin the vehicle. Not a TVI, but not a TVI. Not by per definition, definition or yeah. execution. Sure. Um, In your brain, you're yeah. thinking this is going like, to be beautiful. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, no, that was not awesome. I mean, it was it was fun, but it was not it was not applied appropriately. Sure. Um, and lessons were definitely learned. Well, as he leaves that, he now he as, as he's leaving the street, he hits partner head on and it turns him <laughs> back into the cul-de-sac that we just left. Wait, he hit. The guy that was coming to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he oh then my hit uh, my partner head on, and but that was at the like the exit of the cul-de-sac, so just like spun him back into the cul-de-sac. Yeah. So then then we did this like this weird Y pin to where my partner was on one side, I was on the other side, and we squeezed the car so he like could no longer drive. Yeah, yeah. And it worked phenomenally. Um, so then the guy gets out of the car takes off running and i tackle him we start wrestling around on the ground it's like how can i get this to stop i'm like stop fucking resisting and he just went straight as a board like stopped all movement stiff as a board 
verbal commands worked. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was not expecting this. I was like, all right, man, let's put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back now. <laughs> yes, sir. So we get him in handcuffs. Roll over to your side. Yes, sir. And uh, that's how that one ended. Walk yourself weird. to my car. Yes, sir. Yep. It was what it was wild. Fuck? So then I later found out from one of my buddies that worked in the jail. Yeah. Um, the guy was not expecting me to get out and chase him like that, nor tackle him. And then I found out he was on a eight ball. Oh, that's why I use. Yeah. 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 Flippy floppy. Yep. Crazy dude. Yeah. So then uh, the supervisor was like, well, why did you ram him? I was like, I was going for a TVI. I was like, yeah, I watched the video. That wasn't a TVI. Like, let me watch that video. Yeah, that wasn't a TVI. See, but that's. I really tried, though. But that's. See, that's what's effed up is. it was within it's very intentions, right? Well, it's very easy uh, for anybody to have that much experience, mm-hmm. now, right? Take and a... then and then look at your video and go, dude, that wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, shot placement, right? Yeah. Like, if if we recorded like even just shoot houses and stuff like that, of like, oh, was that target? Like, we went through a shoot house in the security forces, and it was a. Uh, shoot don't shoot situations in mm-hmm. the room right yeah and uh we we trained a lot with shooting where the hands were yeah so like depending if the hands were low and they had a gun they yeah. were pointed at you low you would shoot pelvic girdle right okay so it's because it, it shows like you're looking for the like you're looking at their hands what's going to kill you their hands yeah like yeah if they're wearing a suicide vest you're fucked anyway <laughs> like you walk, you walk in the yeah. room and yeah, yeah. Ah, everybody's pink mist yeah party uh, but you look and you shoot where the hands are, right? Yeah. So like, uh, I remember we had a GoPro and we sent some guy through and we're like, uh, well, like, how was your shot placement and stuff? And he's like, oh, it's really good. And like in his mind, it was good. It was fucking good. Yeah, right? I've been there. I have been there. But we watched the camera. Camera says. Otherwise. Not too good. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, but it's easy for somebody who's gone through a lot of experiences, like sergeants and stuff like that. Most most sergeants mm-hmm. gone through a lot of experience to look at a video and say, like, oh, that was really shitty. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah. Uh, and instead uh, of taking on. Been a victim of that. Right. And then instead of saying, like, oh, this guy's, you know, a two-year cop. I don't know what, how long were, were you. It was six months solo, if that. Okay. First-year cop. Yeah. So this guy's a first-year cop. In his brain, he was thinking this. He tried it once. His adrenaline's going. I wish mm-hmm. we. I wish we were all issued heart rate monitors. Yeah, and like that was part of the evidence used yeah. in trials. Why well, can't? It's like something crazy. Listen, Your Honor, my heart rate was at cardiac arrest levels when I, I made this decision. I don't know because that incident that I was a part of not too long ago, I was wearing a heart rate monitor. Yeah, and my peak was one twenty. So I direct, I think that was probably after I almost got hit. So I had an incident in a Walmart parking lot where a female decided to drive away from me. And that was the last day. So for a long time, I started, I took, I took my knife out of my pocket, took my window breaker out of my pocket a long time ago. <laughs> Fucking mistake. Yeah. Cause if you run from me and I've got the time, I'll pop out my switchblade and pop your tire. I mean, why not? I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. Like we're going to like, you ran from the cops. You got at least obstruction, yeah. right? Like you're under arrest, and I told the person that you're under arrest, and then uh, and I tried to break the window with my hand. Don't do that. Yeah, 
especially I, newer am, vehicles that are all laminated. Yes. Well, and I'm used to wearing the uh, impact gloves oh, when I did vehicle assaults. You can punch it. If you have the impact gloves, you can punch a window, break a window. But it's because you psychologically, you can get it all. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she drives away. And I'm, what did I say? Uh, so she drove away. She drove away. We, some agency ended up finding her. <laughs> Almost slipped there. Some agency ended up finding her. Tackled this was her. In Durham, right? Sure. This is that another agency. Mm. Another agency found her. Tackles her on the ground. So I get back in the car, and uh, we're talking about like who's writing the main report, oh, and gosh. just like dumb stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I get off the phone and I'm talking to my navigator, DHS worker. And I'm like, isn't this fucked up? My heart rate is at 130 right now because we're talking about fucking reports. She's like, what was it? What was it when you were at the window? And I was like, oh, let me look at it. 70. So I'm at the point in my career where it's like when I get involved with stuff, my heart rate starts dropping lower and it's like I get more calm. You start talking to me about administrative shit. My blood pressure, my heart rate and everything else goes up. And I'm just like, why are we? Yeah. Why is this? This is a non-issue. Yeah. So I, I do think there's there's a double-edged sword. Sword there is like if you if you expose yourself to a lot of high stress situations, after a while you end up finding yourself in lower respiratory rates. Yeah. Like breathing and cardiac rates. Yeah. So it's like my breathing slows and my my heart rate drops when I'm in a situation where it's like I I need to make very split second decisions. Yeah. And that's been proven by my heart rate monitor on my wrist. I've had the uh, the I think it's was it Onyx or something like that. I'm not sure. It used to be like a cardio, like it would breathe, it would track your breathing and it would track your heart rate from your chest. Yeah. Uh, so we had one of those, but I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool if they could get it integrated somehow. And that way, when those decisions come down, of like, I'm reviewing your camera and I'm like, that wasn't a TVI at all. Yeah. But then I look at your stress and I'm like, that was oh. God, dude, your heart rate was at 150. Your breathing was at like, we'll say 30 a minute. Yeah. Which is pretty high. Well, maybe that's what they're doing with Whoop. Like, I know. Behind our, the scenes. Yeah. Because our wellness director asked me after that incident. I was like, yeah. hey, was anyone wearing that? I was like, no, because you guys took them back because of yeah. the trial it ended. But I have this other brand that I'm using at the moment. Yeah. That... This is what it said. It's pretty now, accurate. Is it accurate? Uh, it could be. Yeah. I would say probably for that that time where my heart rate was at 120, probably pretty accurate. But I also had a cognitive uh, decision making like, hey, I need, to, I need to bring my heart rate down and I need to start breathing sure. so I can make better decisions. Yep. And then after that, I think it just dropped to where I was like in complete control. So I think you could push that or we could bring something up with that and that would be good i think that should be something that's throughout not just here but anywhere because yeah that is a huge decision it's it doesn't tell you exactly but it shows you an insight that you might not have right because if i'm if i'm it would it would here's how you could paint the picture especially right if you could translate all right this is what heart rates generally are averaging this is his resting no but like in fright like when someone's oh, scared oh i see what you're saying yep. and this is what they're feeling this is what it looks like yep this is where 
this officer was during this incident. Yeah. You know, he was in control, but this is where his heart rate was. This is where his breathing was. Um, because granted, we you don't want someone that goes to fades to black and doesn't yep. make a dis- decision sure. or they're like they're they freeze. So you want to be able to have them exposed to enough um terrible stress. things, yeah, yeah. Stress. stress, whatever you want to yeah. say. Um so they can at least work through it. Because once you start working through yeah. it, you can start addressing the real issues. Yeah. I you, think you could you could translate it by painting that picture. Like this is what this looks like on average. Yeah, and it gets better throughout the career, right? So yeah. it's like if you keep the same vendor or even if like, you don't need the same vendor. If it's if you keep the same heart rate during a shift, right? Does two things. My watch is a Garmin. Mm-hmm. It tells me when my stress levels are too high for the day. Yeah. So not only does that tell a sergeant like, oh, okay, maybe this guy needs a day off. Maybe that I think that's going to be the future of law enforcement is when we because, dude, I keep so much shit in. You yeah. keep so much shit in. We've got we've been on calls together where I literally look at you and I'm like, I want to cry so bad right now. Mm-hmm. I know we've got shit to do, but like, yeah, I feel fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, Builds up. It shit builds up because then by the time you're like, okay, I'm ready to process this. Your brain's like, mm, I've already gone through the trouble of uh, filing this away under extreme trauma for you. You'll remember this one night right before you go to sleep. Yep. And then you won't sleep for days. Yeah. You will process this when I tell you to process mm-hmm. it, Matt. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's something we need to, I want to work on with you. Yeah. I want to work on it. I want to, I want to, I think it should be something, uh, even if it is like a strap, yeah, because you can get respiratory rate. Yeah, respiratory rate is huge. One, it shows the officer is trying to de-escalate, right? Yeah. Like if I'm arguing with somebody and I like I consciously go, mm-hmm. yeah, it shows two things. One, I'm either ready for a fight and I'm like trying to clear my mind and get my body oxygenated. Or it shows like, I know I'm getting pissed off. I need to take a breather. Yeah. So if I say something off cuff next, like shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. This officer is like, let's look at it. Let's look at the entire log from the entire day. Oh, his whole heart rate has been sitting at 120, 130. Yeah. And of course, we're going to talk about nicotine use. We're going to talk about caffeine use. Yeah. And like measuring that and making sure that we're not taking too much. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's insightful, man. I think it's yeah. I think I think we could do something with that. And where our wellness program is, I think if something was drafted up, yeah. we could get some company to T and E it, so we can say, hey, we're trying to find the the benefits, and you could look at it some kind of study for starting out at our agency, and we can yeah. broaden it out past that. So right? do you? But my question to you is, if I came to you as a as a random officer, and mm-hmm. I said, hey. Uh, wear this heart rate because it's going to help us justify your uses of force. What are your, what are your immediate thoughts? I would need more context, more explanation. Like, but that's what we would be able to do. Like it's going to protect you more yeah. in uses of force. Yeah. But not help only that, you justify. we can also use it to help us on wellness days or like sick days sure. because sick days aren't just for when you are, uh, no, sick or your kids are sick. There they might could, be dude, days they could, where you, you could, know you can't yep. handle it, and where you could make a decision that ruins your life, someone else's life, yep. or could get you in trouble at work and could cause you more 
stress down in the long run, right? You know what I've been saying for a long time is uh, I don't need to give you a justification for why I'm using my sick day. My sick day can be mental health. Yeah. If you look at my Instagram and I'm out snowboarding on my sick day. That's a therapy. It's my fucking therapy. Yeah. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah. But if a supervisor sees that, they're like, oh, he called out sick and he's not actually sick. Yeah. It's like, listen, you don't know what's going on up in my fucking cranium. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. So, like, and maybe just I just need this with, day. Oh, 100%. A, uh, I, I completely agree. Now, granted, it, it's it's going to show some insight, not all. Correct. But we'll some is correlation. better. Right. Some is better than none. Yeah. Right. So if I just walk around and my heart rate's at 80, which is a relatively high but normal resting rate, right? Yeah. But mentally, I'm like taxed out. I still think there needs to be that type of communication. I do yeah. think, and we'll wrap this up here soon, man. Um, but I do think the future is going to be that physiological tracking of, yeah, of stuff they want, or when I say they, the general population holds law enforcement to higher standard as they should because we're supposed to be impartial. We should, we're supposed to be, um, you know holding the law yeah like everyone accountable right we're not above it we hold each other accountable if we are having a day or days where it like your brain cannot handle the stress we should be able to tell ourselves it's okay not to go into work and then it, our supervisors or whoever should understand that because i would venture out to say a lot of bad mistakes are made when something is not going right in that officer's personal life work life or there's just something in their head that maybe like you said is processing from years prior yep and then the the shit storm occurs and they can't process it they can't handle it yep so we'll we'll end it on that note man i uh i think i i appreciate your time and talking about this stuff it motivates me um because we are the future of law enforcement like you and i we're eight years in mm -hmm. at this point, right? Just about almost a decade. We're going to be the future sergeants, lieutenants, captains, division chiefs, possibly sheriffs. And if we're not, we're influencing the next ones. Right. That we're working with. Mm -hmm. So it's like if we if we continue to talk about this stuff, we continue to uh, have this open line of communication and, and ex explain our experiences to the public. Mm hmm. There's no, there's no confusion. Yeah. You know, um, I think, I think it's important. Um, and I think it's useful, man. So thank you. Yeah. We'll have to come back and talk some more about maybe some fun stories. Yes. We'll have you back on. We'll make a list of all the crazy shit you're allowed to talk about. Yeah. And we'll go through it. All right. Well, works. cool, man. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody.